you're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Bonesman Chapman. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Origin Scary. <laughs> oh, man. These are, these are actually better than the ones from the movie, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm, yeah, I guess we're doing too good. Be prepared for a frighteningly good podcast. All right. Okay, that, that one barely counts. <laughs> yeah, really, that one was right on the edge of just being a sentence. Well, um, yeah, we've covered uh, 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 Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, a, series, a, a, a film version of the television series based on the anthology comic book. Ooh, just just an episode that just barely scares by is counting. It counts um, like tangentially, at least you know it's it's uh, comic book adjacent. We're gonna say. And if you, and, yeah, and if you listen to the minisode, we detail the fact that this is actually one of many tales from the crypt movies that I'm sure people are aware of, including ones like Bordello of Blood and some other ones from the 1970s that we thought about but then didn't do, uh, as well as of course the TV show, which doesn't count because it's not a movie. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm also excited because Pogues. Yes. I have brought someone who has a far greater understanding and appreciation for Tales from the Crypt than I do. And do you know who that is? Uh, Literally anyone else alive? Yeah, pretty much most people, but uh, specifically my wife, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. Hello, ghouls and gems. (laughs) Just for the listening audience, that is not a recording of the Crypt Keeper. That's Sarah actually doing that laugh. I'm Uh, so glad I can. She did that at our wedding. Like, that's how she entered uh, from down the aisle. It was. I'll admit it was pretty cool. Um, Unfortunately, she was dressed like the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, full full cosmetic uh, horror makeup and everything. Um, When I just barely even pitched the idea of doing a Tales from the Crypt episode, my wife sprang from the couch and demanded to be on it, which is the kind of enthusiasm I always like to find in a guest for this episode. Uh, and I, I, Sarah, just jumping right into it, if I'm not mistaken, that is because you uh, watched a lot of Tales from the Crypt when you were significantly too young to do so. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> um... In elementary school, I used to stay over with my aunt, who was my favorite person in the world, mm-hmm. um, and she was the husband. one who always, eh, um, <laughs> she was she would always let me watch the stuff that my parents wouldn't. She let me watch Tales from the Crypt. I would watch South Park at her, oh, I would watch South Park at her house. I would like watch all the movies that my mom wouldn't let me watch, which surprisingly enough, weren't that many um but there were some and i believe we discovered while watching this that you've definitely seen oh yeah as soon as as soon as i saw the opening sequence with the lady in the tub with the boobies out i was like yeah i've seen this i saw this when i was 10 (laughs) jesus christ what space considering what this movie was which includes both uh a, 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 a tinge of nudity and they no, lot. not a tinge of nudity. There's <laughs> like two scenes just straight up of women's breasts. The I, I mean, it's nothing I in. hadn't seen before. Yeah, it's quick when we get there. It's quick. Um, but I've also I also did 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 notice that there was probably a lot more violence than I would say nudity. But uh, you know, I mean, I, there was there was a flaming magic dick that shot yeah, boy, Jada Pinkett Smith in the face. 
but I, will say I digress, and that's a spoiler. My second note in, of all my notes just says, wow, we got the tits so fast. So that should tell you how quick. I got one other note beforehand, which was, what the fuck is happening? So well, I was a little more vague, but my second note is, well, this movie just went right in. Although <laughs> that was, I love uh, that's my first note. It's what the fuck is marriage. happening. Okay, this thing went to tits so fast. Uh, I was mostly commenting on the puns in the beginning. Uh, oh my I God, did they're egregious. Really appreciate how uh, you're no Gory Cooper. That's a that's a good uh, that's a good stage name. Gory Cooper, big fan. Also, big fan what, a, what a great reference, even in the '90s. One that's just <laughs> so poignant and during the time. Also, oh, uh, a uh, uh, not another origin story alum. John Lorquette returns for his second. <laughs> shitty comic book movie for the They're world's all... weirdest cameo I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he is in it for like an in a cold open bit that is not relevant to the plot. It's like an op. He has like a pre credits bit basically, and he's gone for the rest of the movie. He, he doesn't even have like a punch out no. uh, version of that joke at the end. It's Which basically was there's like the movie starts uh, with them filming a movie, and John, John Larroquette is the bad guy, but has is one he line. the one? Is he the one who is like the, the guy who was being melted in acid, or is yeah. he? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the acid guy uh-huh. who then came up, and then they 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 did it. We're doing a meta so that thing. He was doing a terrible where job. Where the Crypt Keeper was filming a movie that is not the movie that we were about to see, which he also filmed? Question mark. I guess so. <laughs> and was murdered for it later. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. Wow, the but, spoilers are coming hard and fast. Uh, a, a quick, a quick, uh, obviously catching everyone up on the same page here. We've already got a little bit from Sarah in a way, but uh, as we, as I said in the intro, this movie is of course uh, an extension of the television show. Post, do you have any affinity with the television show at all? I mean, I've seen like four or five episodes. Probably. I've seen. I think I'm probably in the middle of the two of you, and I've seen like a number of them, and I know, and I and I enjoyed them. I, I can't say I would call myself some deep hard fan, but uh, uh, so so I probably fall in the middle. But here's another question. The the comic anthology, the pretty famous one. Uh, have you read any of them? One. I think I've also read maybe one. Well, we we own one of them. Yeah, I, we do. I I wasn't like a huge fan, but I did read a few of them mm-hmm. like growing up because I like really liked the TV show well, and whatnot. And but like I never really owned any of them, and I only like read a couple like in a library or something like that. But I do specifically remember it, it's not my favorite one but it's the one i remember the most from the tv show I which i believe have, was on hbo i definitely right? have episodes of like the twilight zone and stuff that stuck with me and not because i enjoyed them more than other episodes but because they they struck some sort of weird chord in my brain and they'll never leave my head what's what, what uh, give, give me like the 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 three sentence synopsis of the one that you recall so I'm not quite sure what the like whole like beginning part of the storyline was which but Every single um, Tales from the Crypt had a morality like thing. To right. it. it was that a morality was tale. Yeah. It was like don't like be me- like don't be mean to your little sister. It'll get your dick chopped off. I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, which episode is that? <laughs> there there probably was one. Um, <laughs> that seemed a lesson that a producer wrote specifically for someone. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure that I just met a accidentally spoiled a tv show i just watched um i'm not gonna say which one because i don't want to spoil it for anyone um anyhow (laughs) if you've seen it you'll get it anyhow the one i remember is the penultimate like the 
the scene at the very end, so the whole thing was this man was in love with twins. You know, every man's fantasy. Yeah. Winky, winky. Yeah, just sort of weird incest. Gotcha, go ahead. Yeah, that thing. Uh-huh. Um, oh. And something, something, nope. blah, blah, blah. Nope. Turns out the twins are some sort of Black Widow situation, or they found out that he was, like, doing something like bad with both of them like he was trying to turn them against each other not sure i was probably 11 had no idea what was going on vis-a-vis that situation (laughs) Um, but i do remember that the way that they handled the whole thing was the very last scene was they cut him in half down the middle oh yeah like solid like you know like solomon and the baby yeah yeah um and they both were laying in beds, like, with one half of the man just, like, stroking his hair. Jesus. What? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Is the lesson don't date twins? Or I or think what, so. What I will never lesson? date a twin, or was let, the alone, let alone both twins. <laughs> definitely date twins. Whoa, that's fantastic. I, 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 I did discover in doing some research for this movie that much of the television show were direct retellings of versions of the stories from the anthology and the comic this movie however is not it is an absolute brand new creation um as is everything billy zane has ever done billy zane does i think about 15 things that were never done on, on film oh, before yeah, in this movie talk about billy zane later. but that is something i wanted to say is uh i was when i was i was just reading the trivia for this movie and they mentioned that this was a script that had been in hollywood for a while and they decided that they would tie it into the Tales from the Crypt for some reason. But while watching the movie, I was like, this could actually be a reasonably good movie. Like, if they had tried, it's a pretty, it's not that, it's like a great story, but it was at least mildly interesting. I was like, this could have been like a really interesting movie if they had put forth any effort <laughs> to yeah. try to not, because I mean, like, clearly they're doing it on purpose. It's not like I'm like, oh, God, they, they're so bad. They're clearly like making jokes and stuff. But I'm like, I almost wonder, I always want to be like, man, I wish they would remake this as a serious film and really fill in the backstory. I think it would be great. Yeah, like, if they had, like, given more of a backstory about, like, the actual, like, quote-unquote Demon Knight character and, like, that whole thing, because the Demon Knight is, like, passed down, kind of, like, not really, like, Highlander, but kind of. It's, yeah, it's Highlander-esque. Yeah. Um, and, like, given more background on that and you know, just had better, like, effects because those monsters, while scary, were very, like, kind of crappily done. Oh, they're horrible. Um, But they were were really consistent on their rules. They were, and it has the structure of a couple of other movies I've seen since that, um, uh, well, I guess since since then before, which is the, it's kind of like a bottle episode horror movie, if that makes sense, where it's a horror movie. It's a horror movie, but the, the the characters can't leave the setting. So it's like uh, Assault on Precinct um, 16 or whatever that movie's 13. called. 13. Uh, there's like a, a way later movie called Legion, which is about like an angel, archangel, like at a diner in the middle yeah, of nowhere being assaulted, being assaulted by demons. And there's a bunch of horror movies Maximum that are all... Overdrive. Yeah, exactly. It's a very common uh, 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 genre that this falls somewhere in the middle of timeline-wise. So it's not like an unheard of concept you're right it is um it is messy <laughs> script wise i will say it's not an absolute disaster as, as sarah pointed out there are consistent rules they don't forget about the rules that they set up generally 
Um, there's there's a purpose. There's an arc. You know, there's some momentum. But I would say early on, I was writing down like um, we're like 30 minutes into this movie. I've met like 15 people, and I still don't know what the plot is. Like I don't know. No, yeah, it's like there is zero setup. So you start out with like the fake movie, and then it goes to a car chase, which takes forever like because they're showing the credits so it's just like and it's but it's not like an exciting car chase it's just two cars driving down a straight highway so it's just like watching traffic and and, and then, when they and the, the, the car chase in my opinion ended so fast that when there were still go- explosions going off the the credits were still going so while yeah. while while you assume billy zane's corpse is roasting in an explosion in the background you're seeing like phil dunford did the fucking sound design you're like it's really they were, like you can't start your plot before Wait. you're done was that actually the name of the sound design guy i don't know that was such a specific and like almost real sounding name i was like why did ben memorize only he couldn't name any of the other actors in it? whoa are you not a dunford head i love phil that man knows how to design some sound so i'm not sure if we're getting into the movie right now or not oh whether whether or not we are i still have a comic code authority um rant Mm. that i need to go on at some point no this is important Um, so it can be either before let me keep, we talk let me, about the movie or after, whatever. No, it's fine. Let me, let me just tee this up, though, because you were talking about this, and it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, what you were referring to is the fact that the original uh, the original um, uh, Tales from the Crypt comic was mm-hmm. pretty instrumental in like censorship and crackdown on comics, which led to the Comics Code Authority. Mm-hmm. Is that the general gist of what you're getting at? Yes. Well, I was going to say one thing about the movie, and then uh-huh. I was going to be like, should I do my rant now, or should I do my rant later? <laughs> I'm never one to d- deny a rant. This is what podcasts so, I mean, are all about. It's, it's your choice, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Don't threaten it. <laughs> Just um, go ahead. Anyhow, let's make your point what, and let's, let's hear this well, rant. Well, my compliment about the movie was, even though like as soon as I saw those sweet, sweet knockers in the beginning of the movie oh, so and weird. realized, yeah, Heavers. for sure. Because oh, I yeah, could they, not they remember nice. when Ben told me about this movie. He's like, oh, Billy Zane. Like, who the, like, I know who Billy Zane is now, but I did not know as an 11 year old um so i was unsure if i'd seen the movie or not and in the first like five minutes i was like yeah for sure like mm-hmm. i i've seen this fucking movie um but i really hated the main character who turned out to be good in the beginning like billy zane did a really good job like with the cops and everything of like making you think that he was a good guy in that like first part that's yeah. what i was going to say nice about the movie sure no i agree yeah in the beginning he he almost seems like he's a legit a he legitimate sh- like mar- like like federal marshal like he in a shows way up dressed like walker texas ranger and the cops has, like the cops respect his authority like yeah with never asking for id i know he's I just know. like I'm, I'm hunting that guy and they're like well he must be a cop it's i just want to i wanted one scene when they get in the car for like one of them lean over and be like is that, is that billy zane yeah. Until Billy Zane literally kills a man, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, Billy Zane's the good guy in this situation. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. This um, is also the start of one of like 10 characters Billy Zane does during this movie, which is the cowboy Billy Zane. Yep. Which. In fact, let's make sure to keep track of him because, yeah, we start with cowboy. Um, I would like Billy to Zane. jump in ahead of you, Pokes. Uh huh. Before you name them all and say that, no, he does one character. He does Beetlejuice. Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay, he does the poor man's Beetlejuice? He does the poor man's Beetlejuice. That is not wrong. Actually, um, now but, that you mention it. <laughs> but I want to run it. 
I want to give this out here real quick before we we uh, before we jump in, which is, I, I was stunned when I was watching this movie start. I was like, oh, they're in it. Oh, she's in it. Oh, yeah. what? Because There's I just want to run down for the surprising amount of like well-known actors in this movie. I want to run down for the listeners uh, 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 what's going on in this movie. So we've got, of course, Billy Zane. We've 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 drilled that one, but you're gonna hear his name a lot tonight. Uh, we the other uh, core character is is played by William Sadler. Uh, we got Jada Pinkett Smith in here. We got CCH Pounder, known for a bunch of roles, usually playing like police chiefs. Uh, she's fucking really good at it. She's from like Face Off, and uh, she also has one of the best. And just like say CCH Pounder, that is not a great name. Well, her, yeah, it stands for Carol Christine Hilaria, I believe. Yeah, I just like uh, that she was just like no, I just CCH Pounder. Makes her um, sound like a machine. She's also, I think, she's a recurring DC Amanda Waller, I think. Uh, uh, in terms of the animated universe where she gives the voice for. Thomas Hayden Church is in this. Uh, uh, fucking... Uh, uh, God, there's so many. I'm starting to scroll down the list. Oh, those are the big guys. Those, those, those are the, 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 the big headers. But it's so weird to see, like, Jada Pinkett Smith, in, or, or, or I guess at the time, just Jada Pinkett, right? Like, she's not... I don't know she, when they got married. Yeah, in either case, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty stunning. It, um, is, it is very weird. But we're given the after that weird intro we discussed earlier with like the joke with John Larroquette, we're given the cold open with this car chase to establish the two characters that drive or are supposed to drive this story, which is William Sadler playing uh, like the protector. Uh, or does he have a name at some point? I don't even know. Bracer. He's the uh, demon knight. I guess he's yes. the demon knight. It's, it's Bracer. I yeah, think. it's like I think it's Bracer. Breaker. Yeah. Breaker. Breaker. And yeah. then. Billy Zane plays the Collector, which is, I think, sort of like the devil, right? It's the devil. He's yeah, a it's... devil. He's a devil. All right. Not he's a major... Devil. He's a high... He actually refers to himself as a high-level devil. He just uh, got promoted. He says that, actually, at some point. He re- well, he refers to the other ones as low-level demons, and he's, like, the opposite. Yeah. I think that it's it's supposed to be playing somewhat off the idea that there's a hierarchy in hell, even though they're not the demons from hell. Which was we like because they talk about how they were there before God created everything, so it's very confusing. But, but does that mean that Billy Zane was just like grinding mobs somewhere until it became like a high level demon? Was he just yeah. like he's just like camping, camping like jaguars in the forest for a while and, and getting his getting his numbers up? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, that's you gotta do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> yeah, but th- those two established uh, eventually established us as the true core characters. One of them is carrying this uh, plot point <laughs> in his bag <laughs> in the form of this key. And, uh, and a key that is like cartoonish in design. <laughs> yeah, like... it, it looks like it's, it's it's if you unwrapped it, there'd be chocolate inside. Yeah. Uh, and he carries that around, and supposedly it's the one thing that separates uh, the demons from taking over the world. And then, of course, Billy Zane represents the demons uh, who attack. So that's that's the general like balance that we're given as there's a plot design. I I wish they gave more background on that key. Like yeah. how? Like does the key open something? Because yeah, obviously, if the key is the key empty does. of its contents, it's they said not that there are, bad. They said that there are seven. So the key does two things, apparently. The key, A, uh, once all seven are acquired, like, I guess, fucking Dragon Balls, uh, you can. Yeah. All you seven can keys? Take, or all, all seven, seven keys. You can take people. over the world. And they. No, at, what, at, what it, they say is there were seven keys they had before God created light. And God took the keys and scattered them, which, you know, really. God's not looking great in this movie because it's like, why didn't you just keep them? Like, you if you can stop way, them from rolling by just saying a word, me. maybe just take yeah. the keys, bro. But, but the key, the key, the idea also is they c- get them and they can unlock something and it'll bring back the darkness and then they'll and, rule all of the galaxy. 
and more actionably in the movie, the key contains uh, of like a, a container of what is essentially a combination of protector and Jesus's blood. Uh, yes, which is not so. I, which this is what I don't get is it appears in the flashback because they never explain what is happening in the flashback except for that this guy is running from the demon at the crucifixion of Christ and realizes that Christ's blood hurts the demon. So he catches it in a bunch in this key, which for some reason has a flask built into it. And that he has it? Part, like, yeah, Maybe they that's really lucky. I mean, God, God knew. God threw like, the oh, keys so down. the blood. And then every time after that, when the protector dies, they refill the key with the blood of the dead protector. I'm right? very sorry, Pokes. I talked over you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Anyhow, I said God, God knew. God threw the keys down. He knew that one day, like hundreds thousands of years in the future that someone would happen upon jesus bleeding on a cross and then catch his blood in that and that is why so we're given this sort of uh we're given this sort of like game i'm joking where there are demons they are all powerful there is a key which the demons cannot have and then there is billy zane doing his audition tape for the mask and uh all of them uh, 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 end up in this uh, this converted church, church, converted church slash motel slash diner slash. I like, cannot think of a place that would be less garage turn into apartments. Than oh, it has a, a church. It has it's, a garage. Oh, these weren't apartments. These were those weird long term like. Like places yeah, I mean, like, that you like, like, what building suits like a quote unquote hotel a where you stay for months. Yeah, it's like a flop house. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a flop Except house. In fact, all churches are usually just one giant room. So here's here's the deal. So we're introduced to these characters. We're introduced to this church thing when when a, a, a breaker gets there, and I, I instantly was like, oh, is this a brothel? Because of the woman that was hanging out at the front. She yes. seemed like a prostitute. I'm not just being a dick. Like, like her she character. She's a prostitute. Her character is a prostitute, but she's the first person you see. So I'm like, oh, we're at a brothel. That's weird. They also did Bordello of Blood. <laughs> what they yeah. missed twice. But then I'm like, oh no, she's just um, she's just a resident of this like weird sort of hotel flop house. It's like this like this like creepy like steampunk YMCA that they're all hanging out at, and um, and. And we're introduced to an array of characters who um, will not have a lot of development independently. <laughs> they will oh, mostly no. just be fodder for fun scenes in which Billy Zane murders them. <laughs> also, their development is at best like questionable and so dated. Like the one guy is a postal employee who is planning on going postal, which is I'm like, what a reference. Yeah, that'll, la- that'll stand the test of time. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure every twenty-year-old knows what the term "going postal" means. Yeah, I, I, like, sort of like, I like that very dated reference. Yeah, then there's like a tough, a tough guy dating the prostitute, and there is the uh, the hard, the hard-ass wise uh, hotel owner. There's Jada Pinkett Smith who uh, arrives as if she's just left like a, a a a car garage where she was working on a car, which I do not understand because I again, what is this place? I think she's supposed to be in like prison work clothes because she's there on a work release yeah but if you're on a work release you don't get to live there <laughs> like you you have to go so, back to prison at night i have a little bit of a theory so i was thinking um this movie to me was very very reminiscent of from dusk till dawn yeah 
Um, oh, totally. So yeah. I was thinking that maybe From Dust Till Dawn also came out before this. It came out like actually the year after or a couple years after. So maybe this movie kind of inspired From Dust Till Dawn somehow or someone who like because you said that this like script was being kicked around like Hollywood for a very long time before it actually got made maybe some of these elements like kind of like bled into that or someone who worked on the script like went on to do from dust till dawn way better um yeah it is true they're a very similar movie actually and, and they're also in in the same sense as ben said a a bottle horror film once they get to the trademark strip, the the weird strip club they're Tra- in there. trademark that subgenre but um oh, yeah. buddy. <laughs> rake in that dough but and we have that um we have that very typical reveal sequence where the hero shows up and explains the rules to everybody in this unfortunate setting and well, then wait. can we talk about a scene though that happens right before he reveals the rules yeah which is um billy zane comes to get him he wants the key they put the key in a box. The police then realize that both cars are stolen, so they arrest both Billy Zane and Breaker. And as they're walking away, Billy Zane decides that this is taking too long and turns around and punches his fist through a man's face. Yeah, he, he, he punches him square in, like, the nose-to-mouth region, and it goes through. But I gotta give this movie fucking credit. And then his arm gets stuck. That's my best. That's the best part. Because in any other movie where someone were to have the power to do that, they would do that, and then the character would, like, slump to the ground, and the, the, the villain would, like, switch their trench coat or whatever dumb shit. But fucking Billy Zane gets his hands, and he pulls it back, and he's just, like, cursing and trying to unstick a head from his hand, which I was like, I'm going to like this movie. Didn't you <laughs> well, tell then... me, too, that the director told Billy Zane to just do whatever the fuck he wanted? I feel like that was in his contract. <laughs> Was he was like, I'll do this movie, but I'm not going to do anything you tell me to. In one scene, I'm just going to play whatever character I feel like. And after this, he jumps out of a window uh, because the guy gets the key and he's going to try to kill him with it or whatever. And he does this thing where he pulls off his cowboy hat and gives this weird monologue where he starts like swearing and he says, cowboy motherfucking horseshit. <laughs> But yeah, like, it's amazing. Like Beetlejuice everywhere. And he's like That's... doing this weird like mosey walk. It was the best part of the movie for me. I was like, oh, it is... this is perfect. And I was just going to say, we have to talk about this cowboy motherfucking bullshit sequence, which is what I'm referring to it as, because basically Billy Zane dives out a window because the, the rules are working against him with this like vial and this blood thing. And he just does like, yeah, he does like a break dance and just <laughs> rips... And he's just like this cowboy motherfucking bullshit, and just sort of like jive, like just like jives his hands around, and then rips off all of his cowboy stuff. And, and then it's he's not like, even like a complete thought. It's yeah, like he was supposed to be like, all right, that's it, motherfuckers. And he was like, I'm just gonna go off, and they're like a, a series of words that don't connect. It's spectacular, and it leads it leads to I, I, I wasn't kidding when I said this felt like Billy Zane auditioning to be the mask because in every few scenes he's. Deciding to take on like a different like character, so he, at, at some point he's cause he comes out of their visions later in this movie where he tries to seduce them into letting him into the house that he can't get into. Yeah, he's Inclu- romantic Billy Zane, including yeah, romantic Billy Zane. It's Cordelia. He looks like he's like on the cover of like a a romance novel. <laughs> yeah, and... he reminded me of like a perfume ad. Yeah, well, there's the one with uh with 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 Jada Pinkett Smith's character where he's just. 
He's just being like genuine. <laughs> yeah, just but like the best whitest genuine. version. Of- yeah, he's doing like a white genuine and trying to like like lull, lull her in with like a nineties R and B black and white burr, music video. It's burr, and like the worst, worst hip hop beat burr, in the background. Burr, burr, yeah, but the yeah. one that I think might have been my favorite is the for some reason uh, East Coast accented bartender with the weird face who's giving the one guy beer in a room full of all topless women. Uncle Willie? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, when he comes in, he's like, come on, Uncle Willie. He has like this weird voice. I'm like, why is he doing that voice? And he has the weird face. And the scene just lasts forever. And I was like, why? I don't understand. Why is he t- Be- talking because with this voice? It makes no so- sense. Yeah. And they do well, not address it. And, and he's doing like a, he's doing like a, 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 a Hunter S. Thompson sort of face where he's just trying to like yeah. smoke a cigar and look like a, like a, like a, like a weirdo. But yeah, it doesn't, just, none of his characters that he's doing in the movie feel right, but fuck if they're not entertaining. They're so strange. Oh, none of them fit I mean, the idea of who he is at all. He's leaning into them like so the, hard. I feel like the idea... I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 get in here. I feel like the reason that he's doing this is that he's trying to give some depth to the characters, like, through a background. Like, maybe Uncle Uncle Willie came from an area where, like, yeah. people talked like that. And maybe, like, because um, Jada Pinkett Smith's character was in prison, that she would love genuine. I'm like, I don't know that that's actually a thing that happens. But he's, like that's the way that they're trying to like sneak in like a background for them somehow because none of them are actually related like uncle willie is not related to anyone he's a creepy old uncle guy right quote unquote (laughs) my only note from that scene was i love billy zane as the bartender but i feel terrible for all these women because they're all just topless around him yeah and i just feel bad for him because i'm like oh these are probably like all local strippers and this is very depressing I mean, all their all their boobies look great, though. So I yeah. think I don't I don't know if there's. A I mean, they're doing they're doing very well if they can actually afford to have breast surgeries. So. Can I say here that one thing that disappointed me about this movie was that the actual demons were not scary or no, they just look like wet things. Yeah, yeah they just, look like they were wet very burn victims. Yeah, it was really. It was a real swamp thing, Stitch. And they were scrawny and yeah. not good at anything. And super disappointing, all told. Except well, I for... Mean, would you expect it... you to grow some like very like amazing demons if you just cut your wrist and let the blood bleed into the ground? Is that how he's creating all of them? Because there are a lot. Well, there are the ones that he created just from his own blood, and there are the ones that he turned like zombies from normal people. Right, the people he possessed. Now, help me out with the possession here. With the possession, is that just was was what was going on there? Because he offers Jada Pickett Smith a deal in her possession sequence, and she refuses it. Is that suggesting that in all those other sequences, the characters accepted a deal? I think so. Yeah, because yeah, Uncle Willie like drinks the the which whiskey. is his acceptance. He's just like, Ugh, like I know that I shouldn't do and this. Cordelia, Cordelia and... like embraces him. Yeah, that's her acceptance. So what was the kid? The kid was like reading a comic book, and he said, "Like they just they skipped yeah. over that one. They didn't. There was no story for him. I was really hoping for another Billy Zane 
montage for the kids. Oh my god! Why wasn't like, Billy hey, Zane? I can get. I can show you these boobies. I can give you. Some no, cigarettes. I want. I want Billy Zane just to be like like hanging out like at a table with like Mountain Dew and like snacks and being like. Or hey, I, got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got I got Yu-Gi-Oh cards, man. What's going on? Come on. <laughs> or since this movie's so weird, he just has like a giant lollipop. Like he's like an old timey oh. vaudeville version of it. No, no. I want him to be like I have a hol- I have a holographic Charizard card, man. <laughs> he's like yeah. what? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm on board. Were Pokemon cars around in 1995? I don't no no it's probably the answer to that question uh but yeah th- those sequences were um fucking amazing <laughs> oh, they, were, they were the most absurd and like I, I they're like overly produced and they're so weird and then you're just like well why didn't breaker tell everybody not to talk to the demon <laughs> like hey if the I- demon shows up he's gonna possess you so just say no to whatever he offers because just if you say no he apparently can't no. do anything because he's looking for the one true person to take over the key. Seems like a dangerous way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, since we're just kind of all over the place, Pokes, uh, I'm just going to use this moment here in the podcast to audibly commit to obtaining a gif of the sequence where Billy Zane spits a sponge out of his mouth. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> and just to be clear, there's a moment in which Billy Devil, Devil Zane is speaking to uh, the real, like, sleazeball asshole character who's immediately making a deal. Roach, but who's the actor who plays And him? I believe we skipped over this, but... Hayden. Uh, yes, yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas uh, Hayden. I, I knew Hayden was in there somewhere. My man, THC. Uh, yeah, lol. <laughs> that reference again. Somebody's going to have seen Wings, damn it. Um, Motherfucking Wings. But in this movie, we kind of skipped over this rule, but um, the vial of Jesus' blood sort of diluted jesus blood uh yeah. can be placed at borders to uh, a building or a structure of some kind and once placed they create a barrier which is how they sort of create a rule in which the demons can't just come flying in all they want they're sort of like uh, uh they're sort of corralled into a, a particular areas and and leaving the the devil to seduce people to get in anyway um with that established uh, there's a scene in which the when the guy makes a deal to get the devil in, he wipes the blood up with a sponge that, t- that Billy Zane just spits out. Yeah, it's it is like a straight mess scene, and it is when he says a sponge, he means like a full sized like cleaning dishes. It's huge. It just unfurls out of his mouth. It's very a great practical effect. Also, the blood represents like a a, a a cosmic barrier between demons and and the human human life, and apparently a sponge. Yeah, just well, a well, little a, a somewhat moist sponge. That feels like, that like a joke. To, uh, these these not moments are moist. jokes, I right? They're not could serious. Have spit on it. Um, but anyhow, do you you guys saw the key? You saw that key, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the size of a flask. Yeah, know? I would say it's the size of a flask. How many times was he able to drip some blood on so a door? So fucking much. Yeah. No, not not that many times because you just need a drop. That's still a lot. But what's uh, insane is how long has he been running? Because it appears he was given. The, it was very the key full when World he got War there. One. That's true. Yeah, he got it in World War One, and it was like it was like ready to go. Like it was. And they imply at the very end of the movie that the demons are constantly chasing the demon knight. So. How does he have any blood left after, like, the first five years is what I couldn't get. Does he, like, occasionally just, like, cut his finger and bleed into it himself? Like, yeah. can he refill it on his own? I also, I, I thought, my my initial read was the, 
the benefactor during World War One who gives him the key initially and, and binds him to this this task. Uh, I thought he was a descendant of like Jesus. Like I, no, he's apparently the guy who took it from the guy who had the key beneath the cross of Jesus. Yeah, I I would have thought that as well. But then wait, the, the guy that took the blood from Jesus was comically like he did not look anything like the main character Breaker. Like he had like a very skinny like horse face and had very long curly black hair and You're saying in the World War World War One sequence? No, no, no. It, the initial sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, the initial as, guy, because I thought at first it was supposed to be Breaker too, and I was yeah. like, how did he become non-Arab? Like this is clearly yeah. a different man. It's a different like, race. No, yeah, it's a uh, it's a what happens is Highlander that thing, guy seriously. died at some point and yeah. gave it to the guy that gives it to Breaker in World War One, was my understanding. But I need help with this rule. If you are the Breaker, the, like the the, per, the, demon the, the demon knight, um, the, your blood is harmful Unclear. to demons. Unclear. That's why I don't I don't know if it's only because after you're dead. Like if you die. Def- like doing your duty you become like sanctified because you never explain it why why even have the vial if your blood is like acid to them just goddamn just fill up a super silver my man just get just go nuts yeah. water balloons i was, <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like if you, just if become a nurse blood, and then every now and then like yeah. take, take a pint just every, every like week, just like take a pint of blood out, you know, and keep them in a freezer, and then just like, like, go like nuts. Like, shouldn't you be like, I'm just gonna keep giving blood because then everyone in the world will have, like, I'll eventually, like, if I just keep doing it in different places, there'll be a little bit of demon night every. I felt you that know? I felt that I took some fun out of it because I thought like when he was like placing it around and it, it seemed like a precious commodity it was because it was like the blood of Christ, like yeah, yeah that, that only goes so far. Absurd. yeah. You can't refill that. Yeah. So that, that's why I thought it was so weird when it ran out so suddenly. Like Yeah. And Jada Pinkett job? Smith is just refilling it off of this like ever bleeding. Yeah, this guy keeps bleeding. Bleeding. Like blood is still coming out. It's like that only happens if you're still alive. Like, if your heart's still beating, does blood come out? Once you die, it doesn't just keep pouring out. Dude the dude's a faucet and yeah, and he just keeps pumping it out. That that and did... she she later like legit strips for some reason to her underwear. And just rubs it all over herself, which is fucked up. Yeah, pretty weird. Because at that point, that is presumably at least some of it is Jesus's blood that she's just dunking herself in. I mean, if I thought that that would help me survive, I would def- defo rub myself over a dead man's body and get blood all over myself. It, it was just so shocking when she comes out and she's just drenched. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Folks, can, did, you, can did, you isolate that audio clip for me? Thank you. Yeah, just, that'll. <laughs> Ew. But did you notice? (laughs) But did you notice that when Billy Zane captures her and puts her in the tub with the previously ripped out face guy? Okay, pause real quick, Sarah. Just real quick, pause. To those of you listening who didn't see the movie, does that sentence not just make you want to go see it? <laughs> and, and I made, I made the hand gesture. That was, that was an accurate. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Just go I, ahead. Go I ahead. made a ripping out face hand gesture as I said that. It's a scene in this movie. Go ahead. Um, anyhow, so he throws her in the tub with this man um, and like washes her, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I like saying that now. And apparently after that happens, just blood magically washes out of like tank tops and underwear yeah her clothes are so white at the end it's yeah. like i i want him to he that the demon should just open up a laundromat yeah <laughs> like if he, he would make so much more money. money so 
guys, we have to talk about a note that I have here in my uh, my coverage of this movie, which okay. I, I wrote Zane's fire penis question mark. I, I did mention it earlier. Again, I have a feeling not everyone is going to watch this movie, so I'm going to illustrate you. I'm going to draw you uh, a word picture, um, which is that Billy Zane standing in a black empty void over a uh, in her underwear in her underwear Jada Pinkett Smith, With a, who has a mouthful of blood, which who, has been telegraphed for at least a minute and a half. That was, her mouth is yeah, full of blood. She's holding her like her mouthful of blood. Uh, Billy Zane's ranting about how she should join him and. I, I think she's. I think he's asking her to like marry. No, 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 him? no, no, no. This is after. Yeah. This is after this. You tell your part. I'll tell mine. Anyway, at some point, as he's getting sort of worked up, um, Billy Zane's like slacks. His like his brown slacks come ripping open at the fly, and a massive like torrent of fire comes out in like a tendril form. Yeah, and, fire and, penis whip. And whips around the room, engulfing Jada Pinkett Smith for a moment before he's able to contain it. Kind of like Cyclops, except like fire instead of lasers, and and just localized entirely in his groin. And his yeah, and his and his <laughs> and your dick instead of you know your eyeballs. Um, that's a scene that Billy Zane does, which also means that a a or multiple effects animators had to work on that. Like they do, had to. Do match you think up. he came up with that scene? I think he did. I think he did, and I think I think a computer I, effects team had to engineer how to correctly orient and anchor these flame effects to Billy Zane's crotch. I feel like the entire end scene where he is delivering this monologue about wanting her to be with him, I feel like it was one line in the script because it's like egregious to make this woman hold this blood in her mouth as if we don't know what's going to happen. Like it goes so long that I'm like, there's no way a screenwriter would put in a scene this long. I think he just kept talking. Like it he was, was like, so I got a great creepy and, and weird. Like, Did he just imply his dick engulfed her in flames. Well, he like his dick engulfed her in flames, and then right afterwards, he starts talking about how he like uh, like he says, "I might uh, uh, you," and never says love. Can't say and, love, yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, "Do you think that you could spend the rest of your uh, uh, with me?" You can't say life. Um, and then just like keeps like trying to like romance her and then like leave out these key words and it was so fucking weird i'm gonna repeat myself and say that it was like it felt like part jim carrey mask and part jack torrens from the shining uh like like felt Beetle part chips. jim carrey from the mask part jim carrey now <laughs> part like jim carrey at a cocktail party now like yeah 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 after click yeah <laughs> yeah click you don't know that one no i don't know <laughs> Wait, that's Adam Sandler, isn't it? That's Adam Sandler, yeah. right? With the, with the fast-forward remote? Yeah, I am. I think you're thinking of Yes Man, which is the one with Jim Carrey, which is really terrible. Yeah, could be that one. Or the one with the penguins? The, the remake of the children's thing? Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Popper's Penguins? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's just keep cataloging bad Jim Carrey movies. No. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the sequel. Uh, we'll cover uh, that on our podcast, Carry Me Home. But where, uh, where, no. where I want to move on I'm to. I'm leaving. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good, actually. I give you credit for that one. Uh, I, I'll just read a note, too, that I have that has no context, which just says, what the fuck? They, that, they ripped that arm right off. Oh, right. I forgot. CCH Pounder gets her arm Ooh. just legit ripped 
right out. Just like as if it's, you know, tearing somebody's shirt. They just rip this woman's arm off. It's absurd and completely pointless because they make it a big deal to be like, we got to get her out of here. She's going to bleed to death. And then, like, after they fail to get away, she's fine. She's fine. Also, this church was built on top of a mine, which seemed like a weird thing to do. I mean, it's the Southwest. It's fine. Anyhow, I have a fun fact about that. Apparently, um, they put her in a fat suit so that she w- looked bigger than she actually was so that she could, like, successfully tuck her arm oh, into the suit sense. so that she had, like, a stump. Um, it, did anyone else find it really kind of disturbing, which I believe is the Crypt Keeper's intent, that at some point um, the only su- seduction sequence that uh, that character gets is that her arm is... Dis- her. her detached arm is later displayed to her as like a prize on a platter of mixed greens yeah like as if it's the meal to eat that's weird that's weird yes, I was so weird. Weird. also there's no also, like what i didn't like was yeah he, that... he says to jada peek smith you're the only one who denied him and no she didn't that lady did too she says no she spits on him well of course she denied him she got the most bullshit like fucking i'm sequence. just saying though but you know what i'm saying like logic he picked the wrong but she did die but jada pickett smith got a music video which fucking uh uh uh, uh uncle willie got like a like a topless margaritaville like everyone got like a fucking bomb ass sequence and hers was like hey you're in an attic you want your arm back no all right later i'm not <laughs> saying he didn't he didn't give her the short end of the, the he, stick here i mean let's face it she she gets the raw deal throughout this entire movie and, and unsurprisingly dies in like the most ridiculous way possible but she dies on her own terms True. in an awesome way and grenade she vest. why she, didn't she just throw the grenades good point i mean she could have <laughs> but maybe she didn't want to live without her baby arm also i like that sequence because at first the cop is who's otherwise been absent for this movie until now well he was a dick in the beginning right by the way this cop and also like functionally mentally yeah challenged. he was he's like depicted as like a complete moron and, and so he kind of puts it together at the end for some reason but he is doing like a last stand with like the the remaining ammunition that he has um which is like and then she comes down with the vest to be like also do like a you go i'll stay thing and i thought, I thought it was pretty funny because it was like two people can't do it <laughs> yeah but you know he puts his arm around yeah. it as if like they were lovers but, but i did appreciate that he stood behind her and did not ruin the effect yeah you can't ruin the effect <laughs> i just like that i just like picturing a scene in a movie where everyone needs to escape like a hatch and every single person has their own moment with like no pokes you go I'll stay behind. No. <laughs> you go ahead. All right, we can't all stay behind. No one's going. No, no, no. We all stay behind. <laughs> oh, God, that, I love it. Yeah, that was, I don't know. That was a weird scene. She gets the grenades from, of course, the guy going postal. Uh, here was a weird thing. During, for some reason, they somehow split up in what appears to be, like, the upstairs of this church, which all of a sudden has, like, 47 rooms. Yeah. Because they can somehow not find each other for some reason. And they're all up in the attic, and she tells the kid and the old man to go downstairs and get breakers like why why don't you keep the kid up there with you but that's neither here nor there they eventually find them and get jumped whose fucking room was that they were in because it's full of like kenyan artifacts like there's like a weird bow and arrow there's like a animal's head there's also just like a wall of machetes like we saw the one woman's room the the hooker who had a car battery that she could attach to people's nipples was I mean, maybe that was CCH's room. Was that Uncle Willie's room? Was he like an old archaeologist? Yeah, he was was Alan Quarterman. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just thought it was weird because it's just like all of a sudden there's just a room with a bunch of machetes. So as we're nearing the end here, I have a broad question to ask. That's an offensive way to refer to women. Is this a successful... Why did you make that connection? Is this a successful <laughs> tale from the crypt? Because it's been a while since I've seen an episode of Tales from the Crypt or read any of the comics, but as far as I can recall, it's how Sarah described them early on, which was you're introduced to sort of like a Twilight Zone scenario where, you know, you're, you're, you're given it like temporarily invincibility and you can do whatever you want and then you watch that person become like a bad person with it and then they're taught a lesson like it's it, it, there tend to be like a play with someone does something wrong or makes a mistake and they pay for it with some grim result this movie is like totally different it's no cotton. there's no moral it's... i guess unless the moral is if you're under, ever underneath jesus being chased by a demon Make sure to grab some of that blood. And it's basically an action horror movie. It's not like a, well, a tale. There's kind of a morality tale to it in that the whole like the whole storylines where the people were tempted by something and the ones who were tempted gave into their temptation. Yeah, those are like and mini then stories. Geraldine she like resisted the temptation and she came out on top. But it wasn't nearly as clear and like like to like to the point as like yeah. a usual tales from the crypt would be and those scenes are very shallow like they don't have a lot of depth to them yeah uh, and it's not the whole point of the story it's like right. very like like individual because i just felt like watching it i'm like this is like an interesting like horror movie i'm, I'm amused by it it's absurd it's kind of dumb um but it, it just doesn't feel like a tale from the crypt but then that might also be the fact that it seems like it's hard to do a full hour on one story or full hour and a half on one story as a tales from the crypt thing you know what i mean like they don't have like an hour and a half long twilight zone episode it doesn't work it's too much right yeah it breaks the formula and so you have to do something new which is i assume what happened here but well like i said this was a script that pre-existed so i think that's why it has also that morality But also, I feel like because they wanted to put in the weird tales from the crypt beginning and end, they're like, you're going to have to cut 15 minutes out of this this plot because this movie can only be an hour and 30 minutes. And they're like, "Are you, I mean, we kind of need that to explain the entire bat. And they're like, nobody gives a shit. Just throw more boobs in. Dave, we have a John Larroquette bit to do at the very beginning, and we cannot lose it. We got John Larroquette fresh off of Richie Ridge. <laughs> it is a, before. This, I don't know which one of these came out first. This is a structurally integral John Larroquette. We need to have it in here. This is when uh, Night Court just went off. <laughs> it's hot off at Night Court. Also, did you notice this was something I thought was weird? Is did you notice that like when he kept he has like a tattoo on his hand the Demon Knight yeah and it's like these stars and oh right in a circle that lets him know that now is the time for him to find his replacement and he's gonna die. Whenever he looks at the stars, it makes like a cat roaring noise. It's like Rawr. yeah, and they Why? seem to just shift into <laughs> random arrangements. Is yeah. there is there ever a moment where he looks at it and it's like just like he says that it'll it's align and then he'll know, but is, does it ever like actually align? Yeah, it, it just did. forms a circle. Like a oh, it just circle. makes a circle? Yeah. That's disappointing. <laughs> Less of an alignment, more of just a circle. <laughs> but I just like that it was a cat noise, because, like, I don't understand. None of these people are cat-related. The also, cats. the cat was, like, billed to be important at some point, because, like, Jada kept going after it. And Sarah made a point at some point to suggest that the cat maybe, like, drank some of the spilled blood or something and then would, like, come in at the end? Like, it would, yeah, like... And just, yeah. like, attack the guy? I thought like, that was a great twist and it totally never happened. 
yeah, the way they kept bringing him up, he reminded me of Jonesy, the cat from Alien. Where it was just like, yeah. oh, we put a lot of effort into explaining this fucking cat for no reason. No payoff with that cat at the end. I feel like there was probably just a lot of research over the years as this, like, script was kicked around to see, like, what people, like, reacted to. They're like, oh, shit, like, the cat and, like, Alien? Great. Let's put that in. Save the cat. It's almost the exact same thing. They keep trying to save this fucking cat while there's, like, a horrible thing happening around them. Um, Pogues, or or actually both of you, did either of you find the moment when Billy Zane's body essentially melts and he briefly becomes the devil before he explodes um did did that look cool to anybody it did look kind of cool at the end when he became like the crazy like winged monster diablo looking that i thought was cool yeah they they have it on screen for like like it was a decent yeah yeah. like i wish they would have showed it more because it looks like he is a demon with like another demon inside like it looked like there was like a tiny demon it was cool there was another set of arms inside of it but they clearly couldn't afford to have it on screen for more than like four seconds before lit it on fire yeah oh shit (laughs) immediately fell apart i did appreciate all the practical effects um because oh yeah 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 that that was i should have mentioned i mean they probably only did that because there wasn't really cgi back then but I'm obsessed with movies that rely heavily on practical effects. I find them so fascinating and so interesting, even when they look cheesy and wrong. Even when, like, someone, just as someone's getting punched, their head turns into this weird sort of, like, paper mache version of their head. I love it. I, I, find it, I find it so tremendously thrilling. It's why The Thing is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the original The Thing, not the weird remake where they just CGI'd everything into oblivion. Yeah, no, like, the effects, like, really reminded me of The Thing. Like, like the weird melting faces. Yeah, and... yeah. Um, so, Pogues, uh, any final comments that we didn't get to, to cover on uh, this Billy Zane masterpiece? I mean, one of the things I just want to say is if you're sitting at home and you're like, mm, they're really selling these Billy Zane moments, but is the rest of the movie worth it? Uh, one of the many climaxes in this movie involves Jada Pinkett Smith killing a boy who's been possessed by the devil. And if that doesn't make you want to see a movie, I don't know what I could say that will. Also, credits! She, she legit th- kicks him through a barrier yeah. and he just gets vaporized and there's a weird shot of his converse just laying with goo coming out of it. Uh, I, I also like to specify that um, we gave a lot of credit to Billy Zane for delivering a bizarre but interesting performance. But William Sadler really did not phone this in. Like he was. Oh, he's he was like the only one who I feel like was like, no, I'm I'm doing this like it's fucking Shawshank Redemption. When he like I'm going to act in this yeah, movie. When he, he was in Shawshank. When he gets everyone together and explains this like the plot of like this you know like like decade century millennial long millennium long like you know hunt against the demons ever since Jesus's crucifixion, he's like fucking like acting his heart out <laughs> and i'm like it, it felt Holy very shit. much like when they're explaining the rings and lord of the rings yeah but, but like somebody's like he was like legit trained i was like wow he's really like he's not like billy zane appears like he is is acting but it's just like unsure what acting means yeah billy like, zane's like acting like coach was cocaine in this movie yeah exactly <laughs> or he was just like he's like i'm fucking billy zane i'll do whatever i want and you know everybody else like i thought that most of them were trying they were just all whoever the old who plays the old man. I don't know what the name of the actor is. He's in tons of stuff, but like I thought he was trying. Yeah, like, really. Just Everyone's really the, committing. The hooker and the postal worker could have used some work. Cordelia, like they were legit trying. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
I feel like we spent like most of this podcast just just praising Billy Zane. Uh, I mean, if you watch this movie, how could you not? I I know it's you can't focus on it. We should really save it for other podcasts in Zane the Membrane. But uh, we should move on <laughs> to uh, <laughs> two in one episode. <laughs> My wife's divorcing me right now. Oh, she's writing up papers. Sarah, no. <laughs> she already had them. Oh, yeah. These seem pre-written. Um, Sarah, <clears throat> would you recommend this movie to uh, others that listen to this podcast? Yes. I would, too. Uh, it's stupid, but like I said before, its plot is has rules that they they obey, which is, I think, the always thing that bad movies fall apart for me, is they just, they just are random scenes tied together. This one has, like momentum uh even if it's a little shaky this one has better rules than legion yeah i think so which is very much the same movie you know that that's my like biggest thing when watching a tv show or a movie or anything like that like if they establish rules in the beginning or they establish like some sort of like guiding like idea and they like like stray from that like it pisses me off so hard and they they did it they like stayed on course at least for this movie. Yeah, for the most part. Um, Pose uh, one final question for you: Do you like Inzane in the membrane or the, bil- the or the Zane zone? Which which do you prefer? Uh, in, in Zane in the membrane. <laughs> All right, well, just get that out of the way. Uh, uh, Sarah, so real quick here as we wrap this episode up, I would like to hear from you a brief rant. Oh, it's not going to be a quick rant. It's going to be a rant. Um, I'll try to make it quick. What do you guys know about the CCA, the Comics like Code Authority? <laughs> I like that you guys are on a first name basis. Just, just to be, just to be curious. Uh, they were created to deal with what people conceived of as uh, all the fucked up shit that happened in comics, and most of their rulings actually made comics way worse than instead of way better. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was actually a Senate hearing about it in 1954? And that is what it created. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty famous. Yeah. Well, you know, not everyone knows that. Um, (laughs) Well, you are talking to two major nerds. So, So, I'm trying to figure out what I know that you don't know then. Oh, you probably know a lot more. I just, the one thing I know is... uh, the like really fucked up Green Lantern comic where he finds his like girlfriend in a refrigerator after she's been murdered. Yeah, it's like really grotesque. And originally they just said that he walks in and she's dead. And the comics authority was like, no, no, that panel depicts a dead body. Like you can see the whole dead body. You can't do that. So they came up with this version, which is like way worse. It's like a lot of times their corrections made the scene way creepier. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so the whole reason that this like ever came to be was because of the seduction of the innocent, which was a book written by Frederick Wortham, um, which was published the same year that the CCA came into being. And it warned that comic books were a negative form of popular literature. Um, and it's kind of reminiscent of that like lawyer in Florida who was trying to say that like video games were causing people to like want to do violence and stuff. Like, do you remember who that guy was, Ben? Like, um, not no. Yeah, you're saying that like I know who you're talking about. I forget yeah. his name though. So like, this was all in 1954, and then specific restrictions were placed um, that restricted portrayal of kidnapping concealed weapons um 
uh, <laughs> gruesome illustrations. Uh, vampires, werewolves, ghouls, zombies could not be portrayed. Um, yeah, it was like I mean, this all destroyed bullshit. a couple of comic companies, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because like it was like basically like you can't tell true co- crime stories, and they're like, but our comic company is called True Crimes. Yeah, and entertainment like comics, which is what like this like was or movie we were talking about. William Gaines reprinted one of his comics from before like the thing came into play, which would have gotten a stamp of approval, except it had a main character who was black. And one of the judges. Wait, that was against the comic code? Apparently, one of the judges um, said that he could not print the comic again because in the last scene, there was a black spaceman. A black astronaut. That's a very specific thing to be against in the comic code. They're like, we, you can have black men, but they just can't be astronauts. Well, uh, thank you for... Uh, uh, can we bring you on future episodes for like comic code authority or reference points for movies? Because that would be pretty exciting. <laughs> sure <laughs> when we do when we if we come back next halloween maybe and do another tales from the crypt uh we can find out if the the if the anthology story is pre or post oh pokes like like we're not like the whole world isn't going to be uh a nuclear wasteland in a year come on now uh no just where you live i'll be fine yeah it's true. i'll be doing the podcast in your memory with my <laughs> new multi-headed co-host <laughs> nice oh it's funny that we're laughing about omega man being real anyways <laughs> Uh, I think that does it for the Demon Knight, uh, or I guess Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. I would suggest that you guys actually do watch this movie. Watch it with people, though. It, it's a pretty funny, bad movie. Um, if you have any comments, though, about the film, if you have any questions or uh, comments about the podcast, leave them at facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, neither me or Ben has been doing a good job with that Instagram I created, so we should probably work on that. Hopefully Ben will be able to get the gif of Smash Mouth Billy Zane. Definitely going to happen. Otherwise, you can follow me on Instagram to see drawings of pinups at It's Pogues. Or visit Ben on Instagram or Twitter Mm -hmm. at the Disco Pony. Mm -hmm. It's gif. It's gif, not jif. It is definitely GIF. Guys, um, we, we cannot crack this open right now. <laughs> but I think we all agree. No, it's 100% GIF. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Sarah, do you have any anything you want to plug? Um, Go to your public library. Um, even if you never, ever, ever visit it, visit it once and just get your card so that you can download free books, free audiobooks. You can get them from multiple sources like Overdrive, Libby um cloud library freedia like so many places that you don't have to pay for books to read and also movies so you there can you go that's a great plug movies so and tv support shows your local library too it's a worthwhile investment uh i guess then that'll wrap it up until next week for our mini episode if you didn't listen to the mini episode before this i cannot recommend it enough Ben brings a game which may be the greatest, maybe the greatest thing we've ever done on this podcast, not just I, uh, in the mini episodes. I'll have to, on the next mini, uh, identify the best things I saw on the parental guide for this fucking movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot it's we just, get to that. Yeah, so. It's just going to be the script for this movie, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, when I was watching it, I thought of it. I was like, if he tries to look this up, I imagine that the listings are 
absurd because I actually did on when I was in Portland like, trying to look up a horror movie we could watch on Friday, but we're not allowed to watch horror movies for obvious reasons. And every movie I was like, well, we'll just look at the parents' guy. And I started reading it, and I was just like, all right, these are all stupid. It's not just the comic movies that are dumb. Yeah. Every one of these is just stupid. So, until next week. I almost died. <laughs>